6.21 on a Wednesday morning. And I guess uh, stuff gets real today in school. I realize some kids didn't go back yesterday, so they'll go back today. But the kids who went back yesterday, you went through that initial goofiness, get to know the teacher, depending on your age. I don't think people in grade 11 play Duck, Duck, Goose or 7-Up. Remember 7-Up? What a silly game that was. And, and, and for those who don't remember 7-Up, that was where you had to put your head down and close your eyes and put your thumb out. And people would go around, I think it was seven people would go around the room and uh, squeeze your thumb. And so then you'd put your thumb away. And then all those seven people would go stand at the front of the room and you'd try and guess who had pinched your thumb. And what's the point? But anyway, I realized I enjoyed it back then. I mean, if the teacher declared that we were done with math and we were going to play seven up, I was in. But uh, some kids' games, honestly. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, let's bring in Preet Banerjee now. <laughs> you was giggling about all that. Did you play? Where did you go to school? Uh, I grew up in London, Ontario, and then started high school in Toronto. Oh, okay. Park. And did you play? Did kids in, in London, Ontario play 7-Up? Uh, no, I have never heard of that game before. And I was laughing as you were describing it because what is the point? I know. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I also appreciate it's easy to amuse children. I mean, my niece is now a sophisticated young lady, but back in the day I could tell her the same stupid joke ten times in a row and she'd laugh. Yeah, Okay, enough. so let's talk about the day's big stories. One of them being a new poll out shows that Doug Ford's Tories are taking a hit in the polls. Not so much that they would necessarily lose an election, but it's clear that this scandal has resonance. I know there's some people who try to talk it down, but people are paying attention. Oh, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the kind of surprising affability that the premier showed during the early stages of the, of the pandemic, I think that luster has worn off. And now we're back to wondering how many times can he deflect before voters have had enough? Because historically, this has been one of his superpowers, deflect, deflect, deflect. And now people are saying, you know what, this one's a little bit different. The sheer size of this debacle, I imagine that these poll numbers will continue to slide. I think you know, opposition parties just have to stay out of the news and they'll make gains. Is it enough to win an election? I don't know. But if the RCMP does launch that full investigation into the Greenbelt irregularities, as the OPP has described it and is referred to them because of the potential conflict of interest of, you know, being funded by the province, I would be really interesting to see what they find because every taxpayer deserves to know what really happened. And that's maybe when you might be able to say, you know what, this might be something that could affect their election chances. Yeah, I have to say, if this was a marriage, it would be like, I'm really mad, but we're not getting a divorce. Right. Yeah. And we'll see how long that lasts, just like with marriage. <laughs> okay. Uh, Toronto City Council begins meeting today. They're looking at some new fees and taxes. Uh, the first ones, I mean, one of them actually will affect most people listening right now. It would be more charging more to park on the streets and I guess at the Green P. The other one is somewhat limited. It's um, increasing the taxes on the sale of a house over $3 million. And I appreciate the cost of housing is going up. But at the same time, there's not a lot of people, there aren't that many people out there buying $3 million houses. 
No, and these measures combined aren't going to put a dent right. into the massive, massive hole that needs to be filled here. And what I think is probably going to end up happening is we'll have a series of these half measures that aren't really going to amount to much other than bothering people more. And we're still going to have this massive budget deficit. And the plan is, well, we have to turn to the province and the feds to bail us out of this because we can't do it ourselves. I think down the road, I mean, listen, you know, uh, counselors, politicians, they're all thinking about their political lives. And to actually suggest a bold plan to fix the size of this financial hole is going to cost them politically. At some point, someone is going to bring up the idea of congestion charges into yeah. the city. A lot of cities around the world have it. Um, and that might actually be better compared to a municipal sales tax, which is going to drive people to buy stuff outside of the city. So we'll see, but uh, I don't expect a lot coming out of this. Imagine, though, if a congestion charge was introduced, that would just up the pressure of, of employees on their employers saying, I want to work from home. Yeah, and you know, to a certain extent, for those who can work from home, I think that might be the nature of work going forward that we have to adapt to, uh, thinking that things will stay the same and expecting that we're going to fix these issues that we have isn't going to happen. So the whole idea of coming up with a bold idea, though, I I don't see people stepping up to do that. Curious about your thoughts, since you are a personal finance commentator. Um, I think it's a study from Desjardins where they conclude even if, you know, it's not about cratering the market, but even if Toronto real estate fell like 16 to 20 percent, it would not make real estate affordable. Yeah, there's been such a huge run-up for such a long period of time that, you know, if, if you have a significant recession, it doesn't really pull us back in terms of number of years uh, into the past in terms of pricing and affordability. And I have to say this, you know, if you have kids who are in college or university right now or perhaps even high school, they're going to live with you forever. That's a, that's something that you have to start building into your long-term plans because of the degree of the unaffordability that exists in the city and how long it'll take to get to a point where the city is affordable for the average person. I don't know if that's ever really going to happen, but even getting halfway there is a generational issue. Although it is interesting, you know, it's worth reflecting that in some cultures, and they've brought this to Canada and it continues, um, you live with your parents until, you know, you get married or until you can actually afford a house. And sometimes people will be living with their parents into their 30s. Oh, yeah. I, I think in some cultures you will have three generations living in the same house, and that house will stay within that family for many, many more generations. That's quite normal. It's just not something that we see typically in North American cultures. So North American culture is more of a, a individualistic society, whereas 70% of the world are what's termed a collectivistic society. So a big cultural difference, but it might be a reality that we have to face. We're going to be talking with a researcher at 635 this morning, but you've had a chance to take a look at her work. Uh, this is all about teenagers and their inability to tell disinformation from truth on the internet. And she's just focusing in on teenagers because I know an awful lot of adults. My dad, for Pete's sake, used to send me stuff and say, did you see this? And it's like, dad, <laughs> it's made up. 
Yeah, well, you know, last month it was revealed uh, that TikTok influencers in Australia led to $4.6 billion in fraud as they convinced over 50,000 people to open up fake companies just to claim massive expenses and then get massive GST refunds on that. And I think 55,000 people got caught up in this, and they're now starting with the waves of convictions, and they're facing jail time. So this was all misinformation that was spread on TikTok, and it affected, you know, 50,000 people and cause them to cause to commit tax fraud. So, yeah, this is out there. And, you know, even the, the I remember a few years ago, there was a wave of reaction videos to people realizing that the Titanic was actually a ship that sank and not just a movie. <laughs> okay. Preet, thanks a lot. Good to have you. Thank you, John. Never would have had that silly song. Uh, that's Preet Banerjee, if you like. The cut of his jib, as some people might say, you can learn more at his website, Money Gaps. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that conversation, definitely, because I've been battling disinformation for two decades in the afternoon show and the morning show, and I realized uh, some time ago, <laughs> we're not going to win. Misinformation is going to rule the day.